Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So first of all, so I'm at a WeWork right now, and I, I know you uh, founded one of the first sort of like, uh, you know, uh, co-working communities in Bangladesh, right? Yeah. I mean, that was, I think, 2014, very early days with a couple of my partners, Mustafiz and Samad. We were just starting out to do some events and we're like, you know what? Well, now we need to do something co-working related to just get a startup space going. Yeah. And um, fortunately, what was great was at a company that we had invested before, uh, beforehand prior, uh, Magneto Digital, the office next door was available. So what we oh. did was we broke down the wall and just connected the two offices together. And then we had a huge co-working space. And uh, what the great thing was is that another portfolio company of ours, we invested in, like, and they were looking for office space. So they also moved in. So we were able to make it work, you know, because two portfolio companies of ours that were funded, invested, were able to you know, participate. And it was lively because it was a lot of people. So it became like a startup hub for a little while. And then we figured out it just doesn't make money. So <laughs> well, WeWork's not making money, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, but they just have unlimited uh, Chinese funds so they can keep it afloat. Um, yeah. They've actually been open the entire COVID and uh, nobody's here, but they've still been able to keep open every single day. That's crazy. That's How, do, you think that, do you think that's beneficial to a company to have just unlimited funds? Like that, because no, I, no, I, I don't think so. And the reason why is because it changes your thinking pattern and choice. And this is something that growing up in Bangladesh, we never had unlimited money, unlimited anything. So mm-hmm. we had to be creative. And you know, whenever we look to expand, we would expand from our profits or you know, figure out making sure that we have the right margins. Like we grew up, you know, for example, I come back come from a manufacturing background as well. So it's all about the margins. If you're not making the margins, it's very difficult to grow. Because yes, you can take on debt. At a certain point, that debt just keeps growing. So we have, um, you know, for me, I personally feel like founders who get a lot of money, sometimes the perception changes. Because they're like, yeah, I've got a lot of money in the bank. I don't need to worry about the margins. I don't need to worry about the expense. Yeah, let's go hire this extra person. But when you have limited resources, it's different. Because now you're thinking, okay, is this the right person that we're going to hire? Is this the right budget? Is this the right expenditure? So your whole perception changes. And then for margins, you're like, okay, we need to make profit. We're a business. Whether if it's a startup or not, at the end of the day, what people forget, you are still a business. Yeah. You can label it what you want, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think part of it is, you know, Hollywood and these TV shows and, and movies. And it's like these startup founders and they don't care about the money at all. And they're just in it for their passion. and you know, they, their goal and trying to change the world and then make it seem like they can do that for five, six years and it's impossible. It's, it's not always yeah. possible. I mean, look at where Amazon is today. Yeah. Like, you look at his first picture. You look at Apple's first picture, Google's first picture. What yeah. happens is what we forget and people forget is we're seeing the picture of Amazon now and it's like great, fantastic. We hear a trillion dollars, but people forgot that that was like, he started in like 94, Yeah. 90- yeah. That, that's almost 36 years. Yeah, a long oh, sorry, time ago. 26 years. Yeah, 
But Amazon's interesting because Amazon didn't make money for a long time, right? Well, Amazon's they, a different one. But it's, yeah, they, but it's still, they took time. Yeah, He worked at it, whether if you think he didn't make money, every step that they took was towards contributing towards their margin and a long-term play, whether if it's reducing the marketing acquisition cost or reducing their expenditure. So yeah. they did it very intelligently over time with a supply chain system. Just like in manufacturing, when we, you know, whether you make shoes, garments, or anything, you start off with stitching and sewing, and then you slowly move backwards to kind of figure out where your margin, you can you know, get that extra margin up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that he didn't make money. I take that, but it's, it's that the, the, he didn't make profit for a long time. They had tremendous revenue. It's just yeah. uh, he was so focused on putting that revenue back into the company. Um, and I, I was lucky, fortunate enough to interview them a few years ago. And I remember their focus on customer service was just impeccable. Um, and he talks about, he talked about that early on. I've seen interviews from him in the 90s where he's talked about customer first every single time. And he still talks about that. And that's why they're so successful and people forget that. I, I completely agree being customer first. First of all, I think, you know, the way he, if you translate it into financials and numbers, what does customer first mean? It's about your acquisition cost. If you can retain a customer over a longer period, you are going to start generating profit because you're not having to spend X, spend on getting new customers. Yeah. Two, you're not having to spend on getting that customer back by spending a lot more money. So if you work actually towards the service and improving what they really need and their pain points, it makes a whole lot of a difference. So that's about retention. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, that sometimes we forget that. You know, like as founders, you know, we're like growth, growth, growth. Let's yeah. try to push as much. And you forget at the end of the day, you need to provide something meaningful and something great that people will always want to come back. It's like, you know, eating at your, your favorite restaurant. You know, the quality yeah. is good. The chef is good. You go back. Why? Because you know, the food is good. The quality is good. And every single time you're going to get that expectation. So I think it's, it's something to think about that way. And the founders forget that sometimes. So speaking of Amazon has gotten a lot of flack also for being monopolistic uh, in the U.S. Is that uh, is that a talk about Bangladesh because you know that's a lot of the people that listen to this podcast probably uh -huh. don't know about the startup scene in Bangladesh. Talk about the startup scene and also sure. if you can talk about so, are there concerns about um, you know monopolies like there is here with Apple and, and and Amazon? Like are they is that sort of concern? Does that sort of concern exist in Bangladesh? So, okay, so let me kind of start with the whole monopolistic and then I'll get into the startup scene, kind of give you a little bit idea of what's going on. You know, like, so have you read the book Shoe Dog, Phil Knight? No, I haven't read yet. It. It's on my list. I, I have it. been reading your book, the one that you recommended, A Power of Habits. Okay. I've been applying it. Perfect. Um, and I, I uh, a few last few weeks, I'm sorry to go off on tangent, but I'm going to make sure. So, I, you know, the cues are really important. So one thing that I've been doing is, you know, I don't usually like, I mean, I like sweetie drinks, like hot drinks, like, but they're not good for you. Like, you know, really like sweet hot drinks, they're not good for you. But I've been treating myself uh, yeah. every morning when I wake up early. So whenever I wake up early, I've been treating myself. So that's kind of like my cue to, uh, okay. you know, to create this habit of waking up early. Anyway. Nice. That's good. That's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's helpful because it changed my life. Um, yeah, I'm not done with it. I'm gonna finish, but so far I like it, um, and it's practical. So I like, I like, I like, I like things that are practical. Okay. So, anyways, going back to Shoe Dog, and the reason why I liked it was the Nike story. 
And it's about the founder of Phil Knight, founder of Nike and how he went about creating where Nike is today. And one other thing was, you know, when Adidas was there, right? They were monopolistic. They were huge. They're huge, and, yeah. And look what happened. Nike, they created a superior product, superior service, and they beat Nike, you know, Adidas over time. But so for me, yes, sometimes what happens is you can become a big company. And yes, there are, you know, you have to protect industries. It depends on your capital power. So for example, if you're monopolistic and you have a lot of money, you can crush companies. How? Why? You can do, you know, pricing wars. And that will like, if you look at India, the whole geo and all the telcos, you know, initially they had given very cheap internet price geo and it really killed all the telcos. But now look at it. They were losing money, losses. They were giving internet for dirt cheap. But if you look at it now, they've got an equity capital. They have more users than anyone else. And the telcos are suffering now. So it's like you can do a lot if you have resources. And especially in monopolistic markets, you have a lot more control and a lot more power. So yes, you need to have some regulations that do protect because it's, if one company becomes too large, it's difficult for startups or other entrepreneurs to kind of flourish within the system. Yes, innovation can come, but sometimes you do need capital and you need market timing. Now, I personally also believe in is, is that consumer choice. Consumers may grow tired of Amazon at some point and be like, hey, you've yeah. got Amazon Echo, Alexa, they're listening to me, privacy, this, that. It's too yeah. much. You may let go. You never know. Consumer behavior is, and once you finish the book of Power of Habits, you'll see how habits form and habits change over time. So um, that's something to know. But in terms of um, Bangladesh startup ecosystem, we're still in the early days, okay? 2014, a couple of my partners, you know, we did some early investments. And like I said, Magneto Digital, Light Castle Partners, and we started a co company called Startup Dhaka. And basically, we were writing about to capture the news. Like what you're doing with podcasts, we were writing about it then. And we produced two documentaries, Start, uh, Startup Dhaka Documentary 1 and Startup Dhaka Documentary 2. I watched both of them. I loved them. I thought, I thought they were fantastic. And I, I sent them to you. so many people. I, I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that was about that. And then we did a lot of events. So when we did the events of inviting investors from outside, we were trying to get the startups going. It was a bit early because not all of the startups were ready. Founders were ready. And then this ecosystem was ready because we had investors come in. They're like, okay, great. You know, what, what, what's, where's the traction? You know, well, we want to hear everything. So, and, and the ecosystem wasn't, you know, the, the VC ecosystem wasn't there either or a lot of money. So there was a few, there's a few super angels that were investing. And then um, eventually what's happened is, is that over time we were like, okay, you know, we've invested in a lot of companies. Why don't we now, you know, we, we don't have the bandwidth anymore. So we started what we call, uh, we approached Grameen Phone to do the first uh, accelerator program of the country. And they're the largest telco. And they were very open. Uh, they're very forward thinking, you know, and, you know, they took, out, took it up. And we, for two and a half years, we operated the Grameen Phone Accelerator with over 26 portfolio companies. And what's been the beauty of that is some of our portfolio companies have become superstars, like Sheba XYZ, they're a service marketplace you know, for SMEs, and they're helping SMEs grow uh, uh, with their SaaS software. And you know, they're going to be, and they're already helping thousands of them and employment as well, and including skills training. They uh, not only graduated from our program, we had a stake in it, we got a, almost a, what would I say, 40, like 30x return, 30x. Wow. Yes. In three, three, in four years, 30x return in four years. Not bad. Not bad at all. 
and they went on to raise even further capital. Now they are working with all the SMEs to digitize them and you know, make it more efficient where you, know, you have a software, they can, you know, people can use it. And, you know, and eventually they'll be able to facilitate working capital loans to all these SMEs who are always struggling with finance. You know, like, you know, you know the right partner to give. Yes, they're not e-commerce, but they're digitizing it. So, and Bangladesh is just getting into the digital ecosystem. So companies like that are phenomenal. And eventually what we realized was the next stage of funding from angels and to, you need to get the VC ecosystem going. So two of my partners went on to join uh, and start the Ideal VC Fund One as a partnership. And um, basically they're uh, fund managers over there. And it's a $5 million fund. IDLC is a non-banking financial institution and one of the most prominent recognized one. And they're very forward thinking. Again, we found a very good partner like what we did initially with Marine Phone, with the accelerator. Now we found a very good VC partner. And now we're going about to invest in early stage startup companies. So that way the angels are there. Then is VCs. Because even if foreign VCs are going to come, they're going to see, hey, who are the investors in the scene? Are there local investors investing back into the scene? Is there a vibrant local ecosystem? Because at the end of the day, it's our due diligence and market assessment is what foreign investors will also kind of rely on to be like, hey, is this kind of going to have growth and all that? So now you have a couple of angel networks um, happening. Uh, they're going on. There's a few impact accelerators. So there's a lot of startup activity happening from the la- over the last five, six years. A lot of organizations working for impact. Uh, so it's very exciting. What I find the most exciting is people like you. They're reaching out. And it's so exciting because a lot of uh, non-resident Bangladeshi successful professionals, entrepreneurs are like, hey, there's an opportunity in Bangladesh now. It's time to come back. That is what is a crucial change and making a difference. Yeah, and, and also in your documentary, I saw I mean, there were a lot of people profiled um, like that, that grew up here yeah. or in the UK and they went back. And I've, I've already noticed that in the last few years. And I think, yeah, I think it's amazing, you know, because we always, you know, you hear people talk, oh, let's, you know, I want to do something in China. I want to do something in um, Singapore. But, um, but I mean, Bangladesh, uh, I mean, there's so much opportunity there. Um, and it's also, I mean, it's our homeland. So why not? You know, and the yeah. other thing is also uh, most of us, um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm fluent and I can speak well, I can't write as well, but. The fact that yeah. I have that, that's an upper hand over me yeah. do, trying to do something in Shanghai, right? For example, um, yeah. which is which is so promising again. And also just make our parents so proud, right? Like the fact that we would have, be able to go back and do something. Not just your parents, you make yourself proud. We are a growing, we are a growing country. We're, we're going to be entering the 50th year next year. We're going towards a trillion dollar economy. We're a vibrant economy. We're an entrepreneurial society. We need the brains to come back. This is the time. If we're going to build for the next 10 years, this is the time. If you look at India and how the NRIs went back, that made a significant Mm -hmm. difference. Now, what they had an advantage was were the outsourcing companies that were there. So they got an advantage in the workforce. We didn't get that. We now have a chance where a lot of the successful Bangladeshis abroad can come back and work in similar tech companies. And I'll give you a perfect example. Bongo is a great example. It's one of my first portfolio companies that I invested in. And I actually went back to join as the chief operating officer. And over the last few years, as our growth has been shining and we've been raising capital abroad, especially from our partners, uh, Razor Capital, who've helped us a lot and Super Angels, um, 
we've started to attract NRBs who are working in our company. So our CFO, Rimon, is, was uh, living in the UK. And he wow. took the leap of faith and he said, you know what, I'm coming. That's first. He, were, he was the head of finance at Telefonica. Wow. Then our CTO, uh, 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 Shadid, who's joining us September 1st, works at Manulife in Canada. Wow. So and he's also Bangladeshi. So I love yeah, that. Yeah. And what and our VP of engineering, uh, our VP and director of engineering now, he's Bangladeshi. He works out of DC, helps, works with us. Uh, we have a director of technology, he's Bangladeshi, he, he works in Silicon Valley. He also works with us. And then we have advisors in from the Valley for Bangladeshi who are working with us. So I'm very proud that we're able to bring in NRBs who can really help elevate the knowledge, the skills, the workforce, and the professionalism to take us to the next level. We want to go to the next level. And Bangladesh has the potential. It is now. If you're a talent, you're working abroad, and you're listening to this podcast, come now. The money is here now. The startup is here now. The market is here now. Here's a concern that some have, and just play devil's advocate, which is that a lot of us that go back to Bangladesh, I mean, we're only exposed to family, but we're also made to listen to a lot of the corruption um, and conflict that's there. So what would you say to somebody that says, okay, yeah, I want to do something in Bangladesh, but I just don't want to deal with all the headaches, you know, with, co- with corruption and things like that? Corruption exists all over the world, number one. And there's two types of corruption. There's open corruption and there's under the table corruption. And then there's white, white label corruption. You know, where you put it into the word of you know something else, the very sophisticated words. It's everywhere. We're a growing country. We're only we're gonna be entering our 50th year. Think about it that way. And yeah. we're one of the seventh largest in terms of you know Muslim population, Bengali 300 million all over the world, 180 million is in Bangladesh, mm. and a young demographic, which means we can only go up and improve. I believe in the Kaizen theory, incremental improvement every year. Yes, there is corruption, but why is there corruption? There is a lack of knowledge. There is lack of education. We need to build our country, country first. People like you guys who are living abroad, if you don't, if you say, no, I don't want to deal with it, then it's like giving up. Yes, there are people like me who lived in the States. I, was, I, I went to Babson College. Then I went to Clark University. I could have stayed in the US and not moved back. But I did, and I'm still here. My kids are still here. Yes, they're American, but I'm still here with my green passport, and I'm very happy about it. Why? And your wife because, is Caucasian, right? Yeah, she's American. Her parents uh, used to work for the State Department. They lived all over the world. They moved around, never lived in the States, but uh, she's living here. How does you know, she, she like it? How was that like for her? I mean, she was here when she was here in high school when, when her parents okay. were in the State Department tour. So it stayed for four years. She was a bit familiar and uh, she, she's liking it. She's perfectly fine. We've been living here since 2010. So we're happy. You know, we go to the States once a year, every summer. Unfortunately, this summer we couldn't go because of COVID. <laughs> but um, it's time. You know, like we are the ones who are going to change the country. And, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I got to meet you because your experience, your knowledge is something that I can learn from or someone else can learn from. And that's how pe- the thought process and the thinking process change. I'm curious why podcasts haven't taken off in Bangladesh. Why do you think that is? Video is just taking off. Video streaming video. is just taking off. Education, you know, education is just taking off. But you know what it is? But video is very active. You have to be actively uh, engaged in video. You have to look at video. You have to be, you have to, you can't take your eyes off. Whereas mm-hmm. podcasts, um, 
are passive where you can be doing you can be working out in the gym uh, or you could be uh, on your commute to work uh, you could be doing something else and be listening to podcasts so i would think that in bangladesh everybody's stuck in traffic all the time um, you need a passive activity um, so i would think podcast would be would be good but so i'm surprised it's not they're watching video they're watching entertainment they're chatting there's so much so many things to do in 24 hours in their 2 hours of traffic as well chatting video e-commerce shopping yeah. and the other thing is content this covid period online education has changed a lot more people are taking the risk to learn online so as the internet spreads infrastructure spreads a lot is changing the other thing is content all of a sudden if there's good content that people can learn and people are willing to listen to things will change because we're early adopters people try things over here fast and i'll give you an example covid if you go out on the streets 90 to 95% people were wearing masks on their own on their own and I, you would be surprised like there's uh basins outside waters with so people are washing their hands there was wow. guy like, it's it's amazing like how uh adaptive people are I'll give you another example. We uh Bangladesh they use a, a app called Emo, uh video calling software to talk with the Middle East. You don't need to teach someone how to use that app. They know how to use it. They got their smartphone, they'll figure it out and they're talking. So, we're going to we're in terms of consumers, people are quite adaptive quite fast in terms of yeah. adopting new technology. So, podcast, it's coming. It's just a matter of content, it's a matter of timing. Video streaming, when we started, you know, Bongo in 2014, people would thought we were crazy like the founders ahad and navid tell me is like hey they were going to buy uh, get digital rights and the content owners would say i already gave my digital rights and they're like no 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 we're talking about online digital rights like no 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 i gave my dvds like <laughs> it's not dvds it's online so and you know they you know bought a lot of content during that time and people were laughing it's like you're paying me cash to buy digital rights who's going to watch online and today people are watching streaming online so wow. and watching content online all over the country so yeah. i want i wonder what is there st- uh, metrics around uh, what percentage of youtube of views are from bangladesh i think you would imagine it's really high um i don't have the youtube views exactly from bangladesh but you know statistics that are released on social media they say about 34 million users you know facebook's about 38 um and in terms of views i would say like i mean we as a network bongo we do a billion views uh a month so a which is a billion with a b wow yeah billion views a month and we wow. we do almost 72 million hours of content consumption with us and our partners so it's wow. crazy we have almost 100 million unique user reach every month where we're reaching them through our platform through the youtube network platform so our content is you know quite diverse and not just bangladesh that's the beauty you know 60% is outside and we have people from the middle east all the non resident bangladeshis expatriate workers who are working they consume our content so it makes me happy when i see some of them you know a friend uh, a colleague of mine carol was in italy and he went to a store it was a bangladeshi guy and he was like hey you're from bangladesh he's like look look i have my app they're like okay what what do you see in your app oh it's the bongo app i watched entertainment and then it was great because he was like you know i'm from bongo and that was, i love that i love that so like um, little stories like that it's crazy yeah i mean in bengali this south asian uh entertainment is everywhere my wife is really into k uh, k 
um, like uh, Korean television and Korean pop pop music. Yeah. Um, they had an, so she was watching this interview with one of her favorite uh, K-pop singers, or, or and they asked him who his favorite actor is, and he was like Amir Khan. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy! So I guess, like but, yeah, but what's good news is a lot of non-resident Bangladeshis who are in America have been asking, "Can we get English subtitles?" That's coming next. So we're working okay, on. Okay. So getting English subtitles for top Bengali content, big movies, Natoks, so that way our friends abroad can watch it. Because a lot of people are like, hey, we're struggling. Can you help us? So we're working on that now as a project to connect with NRVs in America and Canada and UK to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, and honestly, I love Natoks. Like, I think Bengali Natoks are so underrated. Uh, even some of my friends that have never seen a Natok, I'm like, you got to watch Bengali Natoks. They're so funny. And... Uh, you know, so growing up, I grew up in Brooklyn in a very Bengali neighborhood, and uh, we yeah. used to rent cassettes, uh, Bengali, like cassettes with not yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to rent it for like a day and give it back. So we used to watch like Oyomoy and Adro Bivar and like oh, wow. all these like classic like Natoks. And I would love to watch those with like my kids and nephews, like because you can learn so much about the culture and history. And they're funny yeah. too, they're just so funny and well written. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And we're proud of what we're doing. And, you know, like, it's not just us. There's so many other companies, startups that are working. Like, there's, like, big some big startups, like, you have, like, Patao, Shohoj. Yeah. Uh, they're being disruptive um, in what they're doing. Lightcastle Partners, so, like, uh, Sheba, uh, big names. And, you know, founders are really disrupting. I'll give you another example. There's another company called iFarmer. And the startup, they just started... And basically, it's cattle. You know, like you can invest in your own cow and you can get returns. You're helping a farmer. So they're connecting farmers and, you know, like people who can invest in it. Yeah, check it out. So someone here can invest in a cow in the ground in Bangladesh. Yes. That's insane. My my uncle lives in Canada. He actually just, he bought like 200 cows. We're from Borisal. And yeah. for like Gorbani, he like did exactly that. But in our village, he bought like 200 cows and, I, he made a profit supposedly, and uh, and and uh, that's insane. I farm. I have to check that out. Wow, that's, that's a great up. idea. They raise money. They're they're a startup to watch out for, um, and there are other people who are working in the artificial intelligence sec sector. We have a company called Intelligent Machines. They are doing some fantastic high level work, and I'm talking about high level. You know, like there's so much marketing. They do image recognition, retail analytics with image at a real-time basis across the board, which means is um, and all with artificial intelligence and recognition. So, for example, your your you know, like have you heard of trade marketing? You know, like okay, so think about the uh, grocery sh uh, shelves, right? Okay. So, you don't have, say, for example, in Bangladesh, we have like, you know, stores like called Mudir Dukans or the cigarette yeah. shop. You know? And yeah. so you have the cigarettes, you have different chips, cookies, and there's a shelf space and there's and only a few things. So and people spend a lot of money to put, you know, products over there that their products are visible because people who go there, it's what they see they take first, right? Yeah. But there's yeah, yeah. no way to know if the marketing money is effective and if there's been spent properly. So what happens is these guys, you know, take the picture of a store and then the image goes into the server. It recognizes automatically what products are available and what's in the front. And they can actually start attributing if marketing dollars are being spent properly in the way it was supposed to be. So that's what trade marketing. 
So this company is helping uh, you know, brands understand if their retail and marketing presence is there at the grocery level, at these Mudi Dukans and small little mom and pop cigarette stores and mom and pop stores all over Bangladesh. So, wow. and, and, and they're using all local talent, all local talent. So the engineering community is very talented. We just need few of our non-resident Bangladeshi you know, uh, professionals who are working abroad just bring the knowledge in and these guys will learn fast because they're learning on their own on yeah. how to, you know, disrupt. So that's where I see is there's so much connection that we can have, like just with mentorship or knowledge transfer. It'll be tremendous. It'll go like long ways. Wow. You know, it's funny. We've been talking and I don't think we actually covered any of the questions that <laughs> that uh, we prepared. That just shows you like how, um, you know, interesting, like, you know, hearing you speak is, but what, what kind of, what do you look for when you're investing in a startup? People. It's the founder and the team. To me, that's, that's very important because at the end of the day, a business, startup, whatever you call it, is going to be run by people. So that's very important. Their attention to detail, their, uh, it's like, 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 are they really there to win? You know, like, it's like, are you going to fight on the field to win? And, you know, I'm a sports guy. Like I, I played, I grew up playing football. Uh, as you know, I'm a big Man United supporter. So, uh, you know, one of the great greatest things I learned from, you know, the Man United's manager, Alex Ferguson, is like people management and how to manage people, you know, where you have your stars, your talents, and then you have your average guys and making sure everyone can do their part and everyone can do their job. So it's very important to find good founders, you know, who are driven, who are ambitious, and, you know, they're a bit, you know, ready to you know, do what, what is necessary. But at the same time, they're ready to grow and learn. Is that certain as you move from each stage of the startup, you know, life cycle, you have to learn to let go, and you have to develop other people, and your success is their success. So, so basically, if they're successful, you're going to be successful, and you have to kind of grow that company in that way. And so, for me, that's number one. Number two is the market size. Is the market big enough to one taking capital, and you know, can you take revenue or market share? That's very important. Third thing is margins. You need to understand, you know, if the margins are there, even if it's in, happening in a you know, manual process, like is, is the margins available? Can you squeeze it out? Can you calculate that out? And that's, that's very important to understand. And, you know, uh, when, when I understand those three things is very helpful and easy for me. Now, that is not to say you can also do crazy things. Well, like te- Tesla, like you know, what they're doing, right? You know, crazy, you cannot probably put a market size to it sometimes or, you know, it's completely disruptive. You could have that. It's complete innovation, like new. People don't even think about it. So, but at the end of the day, and I'll go back to the power of habits again, we behave in a certain way. We do things every day in our life, right? And you can, and what technology enables us to do is to make things efficient. And so I look the daily lifestyle of what customers do, if it is a B2C company. And, you know, every day I'll observe what people are doing outside, what the mass market is doing, what normal people are doing, like whatever it is, I I observe the human action and human behavior and then see, are you able to change that? Or are you just mimicking what 50 other people are doing? So these are important things to trade. And if it's a B2B, I look at the same way. What are the businesses doing? What is their current process? Are you replacing a process? Are you saving them time? Is it efficient? Are they trying to do it on their own? You know, so the value, you know, the value proposition. So all these things really, really matter. And lastly, I think about the investment life cycle. 
can we get the next round of funding? Um, is it possible? Is, is there a way to do that? And if, because sometimes certain businesses need time to grow, to get to the, you know, the profit line. If you look at Amazons and all these guys, because you need to invest in infrastructure. So th these are the things that, uh, you know, we, we look for when we're investing. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I've been reading a, a lot about um, related to startups is that uh, that doesn't get enough attention is when someone is trying to, uh, quote unquote, build a better mousetrap, whereas, you know, it's they're trying to improve on something that already exists. And because you you, a lot of the attention that that get people, um, you know, focus on is somebody that's just completely starting something new, you know, or disrupting an industry completely. But somebody is just improving slightly on a product that already exists or a service that already already exists. I think that's very, that's very under underrated as well. What do you think about that? I don't think it's underrated. I think it's more about your 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 working in an industry where the the financial structure is already there, the marginal structure is there, and you're working on to improve two or three or four percent marginal structure in a large market share, and that's still substantial revenue. You look at digital marketing. Always, it's innovating. Always, why? because someone else is figuring out a better way to get the customer's attention in a cheaper way. Right. So for every dollar you spend, you're getting a better attribute for it <clears throat> an ROI. So I think um, it's again, margins, market share, and how you're playing the efficiency game. Gotcha. Um, you have so much going on, like even on your LinkedIn, you know, most people have like iterative jobs. Like, you know, you start something, you end, you start something, you end, but yours is like, everything is current. <laughs> And it's I like, mean, how do you manage all of that? No, so these aren't current. These are, a lot of these are portfolio companies okay. or uh, companies that I own and I'm shareholder over there. Uh, my current focus and full-time job, I work at Bongo. Um, that is my full-time gig and what I'm doing. Um, I'm building a video streaming uh, company and ecosystem. You know, um, and then uh, I have my previous companies that I've started before our fam you know, family businesses or manufacturing. We started closing them down. And, you know, we're cleaning up the family to do uh, real estate investment, where the family will invest in real estate because we have large chunks of land and do affordable income housing, like a smart town. And that'll be done by my family through investors, completely someone else, because my focus is over here right now. But I love technology. But again, I look at it, I look at whenever I do something, I look at it, the overall ecosystem. You know, like when I found, you know, co-founded the digital marketing company, that knowledge is helping me today and it's still there. It exists and it's, it's still, I'm, I'm a director, but the insights and the data helps me stay sharp. Like Castle Partners is in a portfolio company. The insights and the data of the market helps me stay sharp and on top of the games that I'm working on right now, like Bongo. So it helps me, you know, be very focused. Um, so yeah, a lot of these are portfolio companies, but I recently, uh, you know, I, I got a fantastic opportunity and uh, I just recently became the Thai Taka. Uh, Saw that, amazing. Shamin Bhai is in that, right? Shamin Bhai is a member yeah. of that. Uh, you know, thanks to Shamin Bhai, Sony Appa, and Baba Dawa and all the charter members and board members, I was able to get that opportunity. And we got, we got together a fantastic, you know, new board. And I think, you know, we will be able to connect with pe more people like you who are broad, knowledgeable, experienced, who can share their knowledge, or at least we can find more investors. We can make it a safe place and a safe mechanism. You know, you guys can reach out and say, hey, I want to know about investment. Hey, look, we've got a great group of people. We're ready to help you. We're ready to assist and point you in the right direction. That's only our goal. We just want to enable. And that's, that's what we're working on. So I think, you know, it, it came at the right timing. 
And I really appreciate the opportunity and everyone that's joined us. And I think, you know, I was Thai is a great organization, global network, and I think Massive. we will, you know, stand out. And Bangladesh has got great stories. And that's one of the things that I want to, you know, reiterate is how do we tell better stories? And that's one of my goals this, you know, the next two years is to be able to tell the stories in a better way so that people will always remember, you know, Bangladesh in a different way, not just for garments or some, you know, flood disaster or something. We always get negative press, negative media. Why? We've got smart people. Bcash, one of the largest mobile financial wallets in the world. The transactions, if you hear about it, is crazy. But this is in Bangladesh. Yeah. So why isn't that being told, that, that story, versus being something else being focused? That's the sad part. So that's what we need everyone's help. Yeah. Yeah, sensationalism. Certainly that stuff sells in the news. Uh, but yeah, I know there's so much positive, positive things going on. Hey, but, but you know, I wanted to talk about um, one thing that I, and tell me if I'm wrong, one thing I've noticed uh, when I was in Bangladesh, the, the idea of business, you know, it's like translates to Bepsha, right? Bepsha, um, I felt like it always had, a, a Bepsha has like a negative connotation, like people that, or or tell me if I'm wrong, and, um, where it's like, I thought is like somebody that's not educated is, oh, Bepsha Kore, like, you know, um, and, but now I feel like it's changing. What, what do you think about that? It's changed. I mean, Bangladesh has always been entrepreneurial. So Babsha has always been the heart, the blood of how this country has grown, the, the private sector. So I don't think it's been negative. But if you look at the professional side, you know, people who are graduating, a lot of yeah. parents would, hey, go work at a bank. Exactly, yeah. Go work at a telco. Because they thought it was safe. But now everyone is encouraging, you know, do your own business, be entrepreneurial. Why? Because Job sector is also not security. You know, you never know when people will get you know thrown out if something happens. Like COVID is a great, uh, easy way to understand. Yeah. One of the cool things while we were doing the startup community was the word startup didn't exist before. We helped get that word, and in our first batch of the you know Grameen Phone Accelerator program, we had an 18-year-old wow. who dropped out of school, and he ran an online education site called Repto, and he's still wow. there. He's still fighting it out. He's going to make it. It's still growing, but it's taking time because education is a long, you know, it's a long tail game. It's not a you know, quick, everyone's going to change the behavior overnight. But because of COVID, behavior starting to change. So more and more people would get educated over time. So I feel like, you know, the concept that the parents are now supporting more people to be entrepreneurial and they're supporting that fact. Hey, start your own business. No problem. Start your e-commerce store. Start, you know, other things. No problem at all. So I feel like uh, it's changed a lot. What was your parents' reaction to you coming back to Bangladesh and starting businesses or investing in businesses? They're, they're entrepreneurial. My dad is an entrepreneur. He's he's helped grow multiple industries. Oh, he's, wow. uh, in the 80s, he helped the garments industry grow. In the 80s and 90s, he's he's been a, in the footwear and like leather industry for a long time. He's helped that grow. He's been a chairman of the industry, uh, of the associations, you know, did some big things. Um, he's invested in life insurance, general insurance, started those, so, and, and taking them public. So he's very entrepreneurial. And that's where I get the, my entrepreneurial nature. Like when I was a kid, he used to take me to the garments factory. And that's how I got used to business. He'd take me to the business dinners. And so that's how I kind of got my entrepreneurial spirit. Like 
I started at a very young age, like age of 13. I started like a fashion retail store, you know, from our garments, you know, we'd have these off products and sell. I worked as a cashier. I worked as a salesperson at that time. My dad was like, learn, you know, like yeah. you're not going <laughs> to go to the top and learn that way. So I, that was a very good experience. And then when I was in high school, I started a fast food chicken restaurant with my family, <laughs> FFC. So we sold fried chicken. So I would actually, it was funny because at one point I would take fried chicken orders at school and I was competing against the school cafeteria because <laughs> people would order. And then the superintendent had to come and tell me, hey, you can't do this anymore. Like, what neighborhood was this? What neighborhood was the FFC? FFC, we started in Uttara and then we oh, branched. Wow. Eventually we had about 10 branches. But as you know, in Bangladesh, you start one business and there's like so many. So over time, there was more fried chicken restaurants. Eventually, you know, yeah. We also slowly cut that down and you know, shutting it down. But now you've got like, you know, cloud kitchens happening. There's a company called Cludio, fantastic founder. He was a uh, ex-Patao and he's working on this cloud kitchen concept and he's raising capital and he's, and he's doing a, a great job. So um, uh, it's quite interesting to see how people are changing the industry. So I, I'm quite excited about what, what he's doing. And then, uh, so yeah. And what's really good is not only my dad, his friend circle are also being supported. And they're like, hey, you're doing some cool things. What are you doing? So like, you know, I tell them about it. So everyone's very interested to learn about the whole VC investment, startup tech Mm. culture. It's it's fascinating. Are are you following uh, what Bangladeshis are doing here also? Because there's some amazing founders doing amazing things here. I'm trying to connect with even more and, you know, every day I connect with more people every day, like since even just Thai, so many more yeah. people reach out. And my goal is to at least meet one person every day new. That is one of my goals right now. Like connect with someone new every day. Bangladeshis who are doing fantastic things. Oh, I, I, can, I mean, if, well, my page is, my website, my, it's all that. I mean, that's all I do. Um, it's talk to people that are doing amazing things. I mean, I'll send you a link to our page. I mean, that, that's all we do. I mean, that's basically my, that's been my passion project for the last year. Uh, and it's been, out of it is actually, I've had a lot, and we can talk about it offline. I've actually had some other amazing opportunities just by talking to people. You know, it's just, people feed off of, you know, positive energy. And, and, and I like that. Um, and people like that, that, you know, if you're trying to just talk and do positive things, people, people pick up on that. And, and and it just—it's better for everyone if we're like that. Um, I—I uh, I wanted to just before we end, I want what what uh, what do you want people that are listening uh, here to know, uh, and what actions can people here take about you know Bangladesh, and specifically you know the startup? Yeah, go ahead. Three things. Three things. First, connect with us. There's a group of people. There's a group of founders. There's a community here now that you can connect with. And you, we can speak the same language, the same mindset. That's number one, connect. Number two, trend, if, you, if, you, if you have money, you can invest over here or you can, with capital or you can invest with your time and knowledge. Your experience will be extremely valuable, more than your capital, because that will develop a new workforce. Okay? Now, if your capital comes... It will also attract foreign capital. Why? Because they know your position in the West and they can kind of associate with that and say, oh, this guy used to work here. He's taking his money. Yeah, it might be his home, but he still, his home was, you know, he established his home outside. 
So that will make a validation. Number three, you can either join a company in Bangladesh, two ways, you can work remotely, you can come physically, or you can start your own company in Bangladesh and you can form your own team. We need people, talent to come here to form the next talents over here. If you look at Silicon Valley, you look at how, you know, why Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley. Founders started there, they exit, they plow back into the system. Our plowbacks haven't happened until this first generation is happening. We need the plowbacks now. And if we can do this, that'll be the first wave. Then you'll have a second, third, fourth, fifth. Look, we've had an exit already. That's just an example. There will be more. And this market is phenomenal. It's a great market opportunity. So to me, I think uh, it's, 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 it's a matter of, hey, the timing is now. Reach out now. So many more people are back. And, uh, and, and I think uh, all you got to do is just pick up the phone or LinkedIn message, just send that message. And I know for a fact, a lot of people will talk about their bad experiences early on. Some Bangladeshi residents came in 2000s. It's not going to be the same. We know the way to navigate and we will help you navigate. And that's our promise. Not to get political, but how, uh, how has the current government been uh, in terms of supporting businesses and startups? They've, you know, the Digital Bangladesh whole strategy was by this government and they really, really pushed for it. Uh, if you look about automation with the, you know, the national ID cards, uh, driver's licenses, so many automations have happened and this has grown over time. Uh, VC policy, they've formulated and it's, it's made it, uh, they're making it more and more friendly. Startup community, they're making it more and more friendly. So it's getting there and it's, go it's going. And so it is helping shape the startup culture because people are supportive. There's an organization called Basis. They've been doing a fantastic job of, uh, you know, advocating for policies. Shamim Asanbai has been fantastic. There's a, you know, VC association now. They're also advocating. Arif Khan, who's the IDLC uh, managing director, and he was also, you know, he has been helping the whole shaping up the VC space, you know. And then Tina Jubin, she came back from the Silicon Valley, moved back to Bangladesh. She's, not, uh, she's also, you know, been helping a lot. Um, and I have to say, our ICT minister, uh, Polokban, always, always reachable. I'll send an email, he'll respond. And that's fantastic. He's always supported the startup community. He's gone out of his way to advocate for the startup community. And that's fantastic. So, I love that. In, yeah. So, the tech community has grown with the support and, you know, with the policies. And I always compare it to the 80s. Uh, when my dad told me the story, it's like uh, when you know, Bangladesh was first growing, it was the policies that really helped shape the RMG. And the private sector going out to America, U.S., and you know, getting their quotas. But it was like the financial policies, back-to-back -back policies. Those things help. So it's similarly help helping in the technology sector. The policies are slowly, slowly shaping up. That's going to help the whole uh, sector explode. Hmm. Um, did you work with uh, Dr. Yunus when uh, you were working on the accelerator with Grameen? No. So Grameen's phone is separate from separate. Grameen. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Gotcha. I'll take that out. But listen, I appreciate you coming on. Um, your energy and enthusiasm is is infectious, and I, I mean, I just I'm so proud of everything. Obviously, you're doing in Bangladesh, and yeah, I hope you keep in touch. But thank you for coming on. Thank you.
Thank you for this opportunity. Gotta be honest with diamonds and pearls. Yeah, yeah. Bengal is a New York. All over the world. Uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter. We the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on. Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we 